The best advice I was ever given when Sam, right before Sam was born, our first, was somebody said, hey man, if you're worried whether you're a good parent or not, the odds are you're a pretty good parent. Because there are a lot of people that it just doesn't cross their mind and it's not a thing. And and uh, I, I would take good or not so great decisions over just not caring. If God has called you to be a parent, then he has called you to something amazing and terrifying and messy and stressful and isolating. But I am here to tell you that you are not alone. I'm Summer Shepherd, and this is, no seriously, how do I do this? Hmm. Parenting is hard. Maybe you've heard someone say that. Parenting is a lot of work. It's tricky. You know, and every time your kids enter a new stage, it's, it's hard, you know? And, and then you add multiple kids on top of it, and it just gets harder. Unless you're me. Unless you've arrived. You've arrived. You've cracked the code. You've solved how to be the perfect parent. Oh, you don't believe me? Oh, <laughs> well... I was recently recording my radio show and my five-year-old happened to wander in from playing outside. So I was able to capture evidence of just what a perfect mom I am. Mommy, you got some water? Hey, it's a serious concern, y'all. But I was up for the challenge. Okay, yeah, come on in and have some water. Mommy, can you peel off this skin? And the troubles, they compound. You want me to peel off your blister? No, skin. The skin that's coming off your... Dude, I really wouldn't mess with that. Why? Because I feel like that's not going to heal well. One of these days, she's going to learn that mother knows best. Why don't you get a Band-Aid for that? <gasps> Today was not that day. It's okay. You're going to survive. Can you get me a Band-Aid? Sure, baby. Okay. But really, the biggest disaster that I saw... Hey. Can you please brush your hair? Uh, hey, I'm not exaggerating. It was a disaster. I'm going to have to cut it all off. It is just one big tangle right now. Cut all my hair off? You don't start brushing it. Oh, come on. Don't judge me. You know you've pulled that one, too. I want it short, Mommy. Yeah, that did not go as I'd anticipated. No, no, no. You don't understand. Not like a cute, trendy. It's going to have to be, like, shaved. No. You don't want to be bald? No. Are you sure? Uh-huh. It's very in right now. Oh. Oh, you don't want that kid? You don't, you don't want to have your head shaved? Okay, fine. How about this? I'll tell you what. I'll get you some water. I'll get you a Band-Aid. While I'm getting the Band-Aid, you drink the water and brush your hair. Boom. Best mom. Multitasking. Everybody wins. No. What? What do you mean, no? Here's my compromise. Oh, yeah. Okay, so pay attention to this because the key to great parenting is skillful compromise. My compromise is that you do exactly what I said. Can you please get me a brush? <laughs> Sucker. That is a great idea. <laughs> okay. So obviously, mom of the year material, right? Man, I handled those huge challenges with such grace. Now, the reality is there are moments when parenting my kids is hard. There are moments... I rule. <laughs> there are moments that I really, really, really don't. But that's just the nature of parenting. It doesn't matter what stage you're in. You're going to have the good. You're going to have the bad. But I get a little nervous, and that's putting it very lightly, when I consider the stages coming up that I have no experience in, that I consider myself at that age, and it is daunting. 
And so recently, uh, during a trip to Orlando, Florida, I happened to be staying in the same hotel as Mercy Me, and the guys were kind enough to pop on by for a conversation about what it is like to raise grown kids. Well, first of all, so welcome. This is the probably the most crowded hotel room I've been in since my BC days, you know, um, when it was really cool to like hang out at hotel rooms. But let's see, there are eight of us in here. Does that yeah. sound about right? Yeah. All right. We so it's a party. We only know five of them. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, particularly Bart and Nate, you guys are with me today and we're talking about kids and parenting and, and all of that. So before we go any further, can you guys tell me a bit about your family dynamics? Who are they? How old are they? How many are they? Yeah, this is Bart. I have, uh, I've, I've been married for somewhere between 30 and 20 years. Um, <laughs> uh, no, and, uh, I've got five kids. Uh, my oldest is Sam who is 20 and Gracie is 17. Charlie's 16. Sophie is 13 and Miles is 11. And, uh, it's a circus you don't want to leave. <laughs> mm. And yet, do you kind of sometimes enjoy leaving? Um, uh, yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, whether it's on tour or just a Starbucks for seven hours. It's long. I go to the Starbucks in Kentucky. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Very nice. Hi, I'm Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Hi. Family's the same as Bart's, just names changed. Five kids like Bart. That's weird. <laughs> I know. It is weird. And they're all about the same ages. William is almost 20. Kaylee is 17, Owen is 13, Arabella is nine, and Ashford is six and a half. First of all, yeah. cool names. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And oh, yeah, thanks a lot So many kids. saying that about I, mine. So, I mean, <laughs> best. <laughs> best. Well, I was yeah. waiting. It's kind of like at graduation where you hold your applause until the yeah, end. That applied um, to both yeah. of okay. you. Right. Yeah. Yours are great. Bart, you're Carl and whatever else you've got. <laughs> Not so good. <laughs> well, I, one of the reasons I'm so excited to chat is, so I have four kids. Now, I usually just round up and say I have a million, but of course, mm-hmm. with five each, I feel a little silly doing that. But so Aurelia is uh, my seven-year-old. Arwen is five. Uh, but then I have 21-month-old twins, uh, Soren and Skylin. So it's fascinating to me because I've got... I don't know, probably a decade before my oldest is ready to leave Wait, home. your names are like C.S. Lewis names. Why did you get all... That's n- Tolkien. Tolkien. Oh, sorry. It's okay. Know. No judgment. No judgment. <laughs> but I'm just also, glad I got in the book. Like, well done. Yeah, well yeah. done. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. No, yeah. Thank I thought you. we were holding applause. Sorry, uh, mine's Charlie. <laughs> and <laughs> Sam. Yeah, yeah. And Sam. And by, the, yeah, yeah. by the way, I just want to say, I. this maybe sounds weird, but I had such a proud mama moment when your guys' song came out that you're able to do with your son. And I think my audience got really sick and tired of it because every time I was talking out of that song, like, can I tell you a story about that song? (laughs) And like, can you imagine, I can only imagine what it would have been like to be able to perform (laughs) in a song like that with my son. So how was that for you, having your grown son up on stage with you? It was amazing. And it was something I never thought would possibly happen. I don't know if I was more freaked out that he was up there singing with us or more freaked out that we're still doing this. Because uh, he was born the week Imagine went number one, and he's 20 now. And uh, and what's crazy is Nathan's son, William, was Sam's drummer on this tour. It's, it's really cool having 
a, a couple of our kids, and then yeah. I think Mike's son's going to be a tour assistant in the next tour. So yeah. <laughs> it's basically child labor. Um, it doesn't look good pull, for our you're crew. A They're small getting bone right yeah. now. We're bumping yeah, yeah. crew every tour for our kids. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Stephen Gersh Chapman. Oh, you have small a bunch bones? of kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, like he got married, looked at his wife, because let's have a lighting guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's let's like, have a merch guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's how they had kids. It's brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. So so you guys have these these children who are in a different situation than mine and that they are getting out of the nest, yeah? We're, we're, um, we're trying. We're, hmm. we, got a, we got one foot on him. Yeah. Your seven-year-old's closer to moving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think just letting them out in the world, whether it's to move out or go to college or get a job or just be like, you know what, you are not – yeah, seven anymore. Mm-hmm. I I can't just put my hand on your shoulder and guide you directly into all the mm-hmm. right decisions. You know, mm-hmm. we try, and you, at some point you just have to hope that you did enough. Sure, yeah. And that they learned enough, and that they learned the right things, sure. and that they're going to make it. How has that been? At this point, for most of the, well, my teenagers, it's more. it feels more like, okay, now it's time to hang on for the ride because – we kind of learned, and, and people gave us advice too. Like everything you pour into them at a young age is going to reveal itself when they start thinking for themselves and getting closer to being adults. And not that they can't learn anything now, but you definitely are like, man, I hope we knew what we were doing ten years ago because it's and you know there's a lot of that is what it feels like. And there are days where I'm happy to let go, and then days to where you're like, ah, you know, you lose sleep over. My oldest son Sam's also a type one diabetic, so that's been a challenge. Just in some ways, it was easier to take care of that when he was 12. And now it's like letting go of that and making sure he's responsible and stuff. And watching it is like someday, you know, I mean, we literally were just on tour and mm-hmm. coming home on this last tour. And we were in a Denver airport and his blood sugar went low. And he ended up having a seizure right in the middle of the airport. I went to the restroom, was gone maybe 10 minutes or so. I got a phone call. He goes, hey, where are you? I was like, I'm coming back from the restroom because I'm in an ambulance. What? And I don't know how I got here. Like, I'm going to the emergency room. And uh, he had a seizure on a little people mover in Denver Airport. Paramedics got to him so fast, didn't know if he what was going on. R- cut his clothes off, <laughs> and was about to get a defibrillator. And uh, realized he was having a seizure. And they they hauled him off so fast that he was halfway to the hospital in maybe like fifteen twenty minutes. And you're sitting there washing your hands, right? Yeah. And uh, and and he was with all of our crew, and he he felt low and decided to go to one of the convenience stores to get something and didn't make it. He was doing what he was supposed to, just didn't make it. And I'm like, holy cow. So everybody went home and we stayed and had to go to a later flight and everything. But that rarely happens. Like, uh, in fact, it's only happened once before and he was 12. And so it was like, that was the first kind of like, okay, he's a grown man that just thank God I'm with him. Mm-hmm. It, without diabetes, being a 20 year old, and it's like, like any parent, you still see them as an 11 year old half the time. It's like, mm-hmm. he's like, I can, I can handle this. Like, all right. I, it's not that I don't trust you. I don't trust whatever I told you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel that. What, what about you, Nate? I wonder sometimes. William, he's not in a huge hurry to get out of the house, and I wonder if some some of that is because my wife and I haven't been real pushy about, hey, you need to get out. It's been like, it's nice having you home. Hey. There's a little bit of that. I, I have found my oldest daughter, She is she's ready to jump. You know, as, as soon as she feels like she can live on her own, she probably will. And as it relates to, you know, your kids moving out and getting away, I found myself especially talking to my oldest daughter, Kaylee, 
like you're saying, you hope you've told her the right things over the years, you know, hope you've led them in the right direction. And I found myself more than anything telling her, look, we probably didn't get all of this right, but I want you to at least trust us. Not that we're always going to get it right, but that trust us that we, yes, we do love you. And when you go, you have somewhere to come back to. The older your kids get, it's easy to see until they figure out how to hide it. It gets easier to see where their anxieties come from. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can't protect them from that. Yeah. And that can be frustrating. I hope they always know that they have somewhere to come back to. Now going back to how you did, you know, raise your kids, are there any things you're hoping that they kind of forget about? I, I was talking to uh, Matt Marr recently, and he was talking about the stories that we tell ourselves, right? Like he he has things that he does as a dad that come out of the way his dad parented him that are totally oh, subconscious. Sure. Yeah. And then you have those stories you don't even realize that you carry, things that you were told, et cetera. Are there things like if you could go back, you know, I, I would have done that different or I hope that doesn't stick with them that you're like, I know I didn't set the best example in this. Mm. Yeah, going through a drive through and they don't know what they want yet. I hope they don't remember <laughs> me losing my job. <laughs> We've been here before. It's like, sorry, yeah. 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 Sorry, are you choking someone? No. <laughs> they just don't know what meal they want. Yeah, yeah. those little things, like, it's funny because the things, some of the things that I, at, at times, would think was more, not their problem, but more like them realize it's, pretty much always me and you know I didn't have the great parenting example growing up and like I don't have a temper at all and I think part of it's because my dad did and I live with this weird fear that maybe I do and it's just like untapped and one day I'm just going to blow up and whatever and I'll have a short fuse when you know you know sometimes your kids they just know how to push your buttons most of the time whenever I I start to snap or whatever I've literally my whole life lived with that fear of oh no it's like mm-hmm. about to surface or whatever mm-hmm. And so I'm very passive aggressive. I suppress it well. And, uh, <laughs> but I do kind of stop myself. And my wife is known. She's my first girlfriend in seventh grade. And she's known about this for most of my life. And, and, uh, and she's shown so much grace. Like those moments to where I'll just be in the middle of something and I'll literally leave the room just to like cool down or whatever. And it's really not that big of a deal, but she's like, I know what he's doing. And I was listening to a comedian today. He said, man, it's funny because the thing, the life lessons are, were learned all the times that you almost killed yourself as a kid. Like, you never remember the great times. You remember, like, when you tried to jump that ramp and about broke your leg. You never forget those. Mm-hmm. I hope that's not the case with, like, when they look back at me going, he threatened me in Chick-fil-A or something like that. <laughs> yeah. That's what they remember. It's like, come on, man. My dad told me once, I, I think I was in my teenage years, and my dad pulled me aside and basically had the, hey, there's two men living in our house now. So we got to figure out how to get along. And he's, One's named Larry. Yes. No. <laughs> it was weird. Uncle, Uncle Larry. No, it's a weird he, story, Nate. I thought yeah. he was yeah. coming yeah. with that. I'm like, hey, man, let's yeah. go there. Larry and George work buddies. He was complimenting me, okay? <laughs> no. Oh, right, 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 right. right. <laughs> no. He, uh, maybe he was just setting himself up to win in this conversation. But he looked at me and said, look, I've never been – however old he was, 40 at the time. He said, I've never been 40 years old before with a 16-year-old child, so I don't know how to do this perfectly. It's not like you get to go back and do all this again, learning how to do it right the second time. You know, We only get one time at this. And I've, I've found myself, if there's something I'm trying not to look back on and go, oh, I wish I'd have done that differently. I'm trying not to be a hypocrite, You know, asking things of my kids that I'm not willing to do myself. And most of that has to do with character. 
decisions, you know, not do I remember to take the trash out every day, but how am I treating my wife in front of my kids? I hope they remember that and seeing, hopefully they see the times that I am messing up. I'm quick to say, Hey, I messed up and not be a hypocrite and say, everything's fine. You know, Mm -hmm. don't worry about it and pass that off on them as if it's their responsibility. Yeah. And always treat those two uncles good too. Larry. <laughs> Why is it Larry? It's always Larry. I don't know. Why it's always Larry. Man, I, I, I was talking uh, the other day about, I don't know if it's what I want to remember or whatever. My biggest struggle is I grew up dirt poor. Like, uh, I remember my dad getting a raise of like 22 grand a year and that he was so excited about it. And, and he was divorced and raised me and my brother. And, and we just never had anything. And so my struggle now is, I just don't want it to be like that. But then I'll complain going, when I was little, I didn't have this. And, and my mom pulled me aside and said, hey, just so you know, the reason you didn't have stuff is because we couldn't get it for you. If we could have, we would have, like, I never thought of her taking it personally when I'd say that. Because there are times where I'm like an old curmudgeon, like, we were not wearing socks. I didn't have socks. You're not, you know, or whatever. Walked up you get cold. Yeah, exactly. ways in the snow. Then at the same time, it's like, man, if I could own 50 acres and my kids live near me for the rest of their lives, <laughs> I would be, th- I love having my kids around. And so, I mean, and I'm worried because Sam may know that full well. In <laughs> in my I'm telling you, your youngest has a better chance of moving than my oldest. And, uh, I used to go to a men's Bible study, and it was a bunch of these guys that like pro baseball players and stuff that if they went to a normal small group, sometimes it felt like a meet and greet. Mm-hmm. And so we would all go together. It was like me and like Barry Zito and all these guys and, and Joel Smallbone and Somebody was asking about our dads, and this was right before the Imagine movie came out. And, like, tell us about your dads. And I'm like, oh, I so got this, like, my, my story. Like, I was sitting there going, okay, y'all go ahead first. Go first. Like, like I'm so dumb. And so I think it was Barry that was Zito that was like, man, my dad's my best friend. Like, he's still my best friend, the greatest guy on the planet. And I'm like, oh, great story. Yeah, okay, wish we all had your dad or whatever. And so I'm about to tell mine. He goes, well, he goes, but then I spent all this money in therapy just trying to get out of the shadow of my amazing dad. And I'm sitting there going, man, I think we paid the same for therapy for what my abusive dad was. And I was like, I just realized it doesn't matter. Just you trying to find out who you are outside of your amazing or not so amazing dad is a big deal for Mm -hmm. a young man. And these guys that said it couldn't have been better. And then I can't meet that standard the rest of my life was in some ways just as messed up as the dad that my dad who never gave me any attention or whatever. So in some weird way, I felt better about the fact that we're all screwed up. Yeah, it's, it's weirdly comforting. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, look, it is. No matter what, you're going to screw right, up your kids. Exactly. So just give yourself I a hugged freedom. him. I was like, I'm so glad your dad was just the nicest jerk and, or whatever he is. <laughs> <laughs> is. Is there anything that you're like, you know what? As a parent, I really feel like I did this well. And, and this is something I really put a lot of effort into. And I just pray that my kids... Remember, and this is something I want them to walk away with. I'm good at Halo. Good at Halo. Halo. (laughs) I actually, uh, I actually asked my 13 year old Owen, who is on his way to being a giant. So he's, I swear, he grows about an inch every week. So he's at that moment where his mind isn't keeping up with his body. So he does a lot of huh, what, (laughs) huh, a lot of that. I actually asked him the other day because he's in a, a good position in life to ask us. I actually directly asked him. Say, hey. I've been traveling your whole life. Do you feel like that I've been distant? Like when when I'm home, I'm not really home, I'm not paying attention to you, or I'm gone a lot? And he kind of went, no, just real matter of fact. So 
I was like, he goes, right. I'm sorry, what were we saying? Yes. <laughs> he goes, he goes, oh. he goes yeah. yeah, who are you? Are you one of my two uncles? No. I'm Nathan. <laughs> are you Larry? <laughs> Jerk. Yeah. Larry. <laughs> oh, boy. No, but that was good. That was good to hear directly coming from him. We, I, the, the one thing I think, and it's not me, but both in my wife especially, good or bad, we tell them your best friends are going to be your brothers and sisters, no matter what. We know people with big families. And what I love the most is that to this day, the holidays, they all get together. Even now, the siblings confide in each other in a, such a different way than they would with yeah. us. And we've said that since they were born. Your best friends are living in this house. I just had one brother. My wife had one brother who died when he was 19. And and it was going through that with was hard. And I think that's kind of why we're like, we wanted a really big family. And and, uh, and we can see it now, almost to a fault. Like, making friends is hard because they are so content with what's <laughs> in our house. And it's always something, which I'm proud of. But I'm also like, all right, dude, you've got to make some friends and go away. <laughs> but uh, but that's, it. that's one thing I think that we have done well is that hopefully long after I'm gone or whatever, that they just they have a bond that uh, will go with them the rest of their lives. I gotta tell you, it's hard because our daughters are very close in age and um, they're the best of friends and the worst of enemies, like sisters, you know, especially like young sisters. And when everything happened recently with Uvalde, uh, I decided not to tell them about that because um, they're so little. And so I was wrestling with all of my emotions and I see them fighting and it just rips me apart. I'm like, you have no idea what, what you would do if you ever lost them. Like you, like this is going to be your friend for the rest of your life. And I'm like, don't, don't waste this time on things that are petty. And I think that we can, we can see that. And there is such joy in knowing that we've done what we can. And there's such fear in realizing we've done what we can. Is it enough? And what would you say to someone who's listening and who's just like, I just, I feel like I could go back and do it all again. Like I would because they're about to leave and I just don't know if I, if I did my job. The best advice I was ever given when Sam, right before Sam was born, our first was somebody said, Hey man, if you're worried whether you're a good parent or not, the odds are you're a pretty good parent. Mm. Because there are a lot of people that it just doesn't cross their mind, and it's not a thing. And and uh, I I would take good or not so great decisions over just not caring. I would rather my dad beat me than ignore me. I know it sounds crazy, but growing up, because even in that abuse to a child, it was attention. And I'm not saying that's healthy or right, but that's all I saw. It his whole world has stopped to spank me, which not good. But to me, I was like, all I wanted was you to look my way. And so that's when I realized the importance of that uh, and and going through counseling was that, man, the, the worst thing is just to to ignore them completely. And so you'll get things wrong. And luckily, I think kids are made of rubber, so they bounce really well. <laughs> Not physically bounce, but they bounce back really well. And 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 yeah, and so there, there's a lot of room for grace. And Thank God that God's still bigger than us in that. Of course, I have regrets. But like I said, Barry Zito had the perfect dad, and he went to counseling. So we're all going to be fine. <laughs> Thank you, Barry Zito. <laughs> I guess you're never really done parenting, right? My parents were actually just in town. Our oldest daughter graduated from high school, and they came to town. And uh, my mom still trying to take care of us, seeing what you need. 
you know, asking me if I need help. I'm like, no, mom, I told this is my house. I'm good. I don't need help. But my, my dad's still speaking into my life. Still loves doing that. He does it to these knuckleheads. Every time he's around, he's like, hey, guys, how you doing? Yep. He's, he's, he's an old hippie. And so he's, really he's accurate impression, actually. Yeah, guys, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. You're not done parenting my parents. Their way of doing that is actually they're still interested in who you are, who you're becoming, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I just turned 44, and my dad's like, I remember what it was like being 44. Let me tell you about it, which is fun. It's fun having that still. Or they remind you how you acted exactly like Owen or William or Kaylee. Yeah, sure. And that you're literally are the only ones to go, oh, no, no, I know exactly what you're yeah. going through because you cloned the same. You know, when they curse and said, one day you're going to have kids just like <laughs> what you're doing. It's true. I feel, I feel like, like my parents curse me all they the did. time. I look yeah. at them because my kids will act out and my mom will just start laughing. That's you. That's just and, you. I mean, because she used to always yeah. say, oh, be. you just wait till you have kids. Yeah. Oh, you, they're going to be so much worse than, than even this. And I'm like, she did this. She spoke this into my mm-hmm. life. It's going to be a joy of being a grandparent really <laughs> I told you yeah. right. <laughs> now you know what it was like yeah I honestly you talking about Zito having to go to therapy I don't know why that really is freeing to me because I feel like if we really do it perfectly and we are just our kids sufficiency then where does God fit into that and I I don't need to be all of that to my kids I don't need to do it perfectly because He's their only, you know, perfect parent. But at the same time, I can know that and not know that and carry this way. And maybe it's especially for women and moms. You know, we just feel so responsible. And if something goes wrong, it's our fault. And so that is really encouraging in a dark, twisted (laughs) way. No, no. Trust me, that night I was like crying over the dude with the perfect dad. I was like, thank you, Barry. My daddy was too good to me. It obviously stuck with me, too. I think years ago at a camp or something, we heard a guy talking about faith, and he was talking about, man, you don't want your kids to have this eighth-grade science project faith where your parents built it and let you put your name on it. Yeah. And I think parenting is a similar thing. It's like my wife would say at some point I stopped being my mother's daughter and started being my kid's mother. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and it is funny because those early years, like it's almost territorial when, when her mom would come, who she adores, you could hear like her go, mm, I don't know if I'd have done it that way. And it's like, okay, <laughs> it, we're just making toast, so let's calm down or whatever. And now there is a there, <laughs> Yeah, and, but now there's like a peace with my wife to where whenever she crossed over to where it's like just enjoy being a grandmother because I've got this. And there is a difference between the two. And you just got to kind of find your own way. And and one day you will earn the right to do the same thing to your daughters. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's encouraging to know that there are people, I think, in all stages of parenting. Those that are brand new parents, those that have littles, those that have bigs, those that have really bigs who have littles that... I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're all still asking, no, seriously, how do I do this? And I think it's this journey, and there's so much that we're learning. And so I, I guess to wrap up, what would you say at this stage in your parenting, which is very different from the stage I'm in in my parenting, what are, are one or two of the biggest lessons that you've learned about yourself on this way? As far as parenting goes, I'll be like, specifically practical like my wife told me at one point especially when I would beat myself up because it, there was a time in mercy me like we were gone so much it's not as bad now but like my oldest son has a different childhood than my youngest let's put it that way and my wife would pull me aside and say five minutes with him is a full day 
because I would tell myself I just don't have the time. And she's like, five minutes with him and his day's full. Like, just remember that. Don't just give up. And, you know, if you can spend more time, great, but just stop for a second. It'll mean the world to him. And to this day, I remind myself of that. Even my 20-year-old, it's like, just stop. Ask him how he's doing. I have a tendency, like this weird shame or something, where I'll be like, well, I don't have enough time, or they don't care what I have to say anymore, or whatever. My biggest problem is staying silent. I think I'm learning, as in it's easier to remember. Not that I get it right every time, but easier to remember. My best parenting seems to be when I'm actually loving my wife well mm-hmm. and remembering to put her first. And it's kind of funny when you do that, I can actually see it in my kids' faces, especially my two youngest. If it's in a moment where I actually tell them, hold on a second, listen to what your mother is saying, or even if it's something as simple as how I interact with my wife, get home, she's the first one I approach. You know, my youngest, they're still at the point where they still run down the hallway when I get home. Daddy, come give me a hug. My oldest does that too. It's a little weird. And I just kind of push him. You smell funny. Well, yeah, that was the only point I had. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, but truly it was so much fun. Those guys are nuts. But the joy came from the encouragement that they had to offer. And honestly, I wasn't kidding. Zito's comment about his good dad resulting in him needing therapy. It really was encouraging. Isn't that kind of encouraging? Maybe for you, you're like, Summer, he's saying that no matter what I do, my kid's going to be screwed up. Right. Exactly. Right? So find freedom. Find freedom to live as the best parent you can, leaving the rest up to God. He loves our kids more than we ever could. And I know that. And yet sometimes it is really hard to know that. And so I hope that you found encouragement from today's conversation. I truly do. And if you're going through something right now, or if you're struggling in a way that you'd like some extra prayer, let me know. Shoot me a message and email directly to summer at seriouslyhow.com. Join us on Facebook, follow along, be a part of our community there to search for No Seriously, How Do I Do This? Or you can just search for that same thing wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe, follow along and rate us if you haven't already so others can find this awesome community of equally broken, equally redeemed parents. And until next time, you are loved and you are not alone.